Welcome back to Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast, where you get to hear the stories and insights from entrepreneurs, social change makers, and artists displaying how each and everyone's uniqueness makes this planet worth living on. And today with me is Nuncio Martinello, another member of the Global Shapers community. Nuncio is from Venice, Italy, and splits his time between Venice and Bangalore in India. This is another episode that is bilingual, so at the last 10 minutes, you'll get to hear my uh, attempts of Italian and Nuncio's really eloquent answers. So stay tuned if you are bilingual and speak Italian, or if Italian is a language you want to practice a little bit more. Nuncio is a serial entrepreneur. He's currently working on a startup called Aikido, lets you control tools right from your desktop. He's also an app developer and a software and digital marketer. So without further ado, here is Nuncio Martinello. Yeah, a little bit about myself. So I've been, I mean, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm, I've, been, I've been an entrepreneur for the last five years at least. And, but I actually started as a software developer and then I moved into digital marketing. And so I started coding Facebook application. Then I went pretty big and I moved into, into you know, monetizing online. So digital marketing, and it was the beginning. So um, I was like, uh, kind of successful in that. I've been working for a startup for a couple of years and then I decided to, to found my own company. And I actually did that in India. So I moved to India when I was around 22 and I started a software development company. So, and I've been doing services for the last five years. And in the meanwhile, with my business partner, we launched many companies, a couple of one in the food industry, other digital companies like less into services, more like products or, uh, you know, websites and apps. And right now I'm on a, on a new journey. I just started a new startup. It's a, it's an IT startup. And so that, that's, that's why I'm back to India right now. And that's, you know, I, I think, I think this thing is going to be pretty big. So after, after being like in uh, service business and helping other companies like making money and growing, uh, I think I found, I found like a very good product, a very good idea and it's a big shot, you know, so that's. Wow. That sounds exciting. Tell, tell us a little bit more about that. Um, in, in, in a second though, I I'd love to understand first, you, you live in Bangalore. That's one of the biggest cities in India, right? How does, how does yeah. your day start normally? Like, do you, do you practice yoga? Do you, what, what's, what's happening in India in the mornings for you? One of the reasons why I really like to be here is because I can have like a really good routine, like a very healthy one. In the last year, I've been thinking about what kind of really healthy and positive routine I could have that would actually make me work more or like be more productive at least. And so what I do right now is I wake up uh, even not that early, maybe around eight. Um, I cook breakfast and I maybe while I do that, maybe I listen to some courses online maybe a podcast or uh I, i've been reading like some like i've been listening to some audiobooks lately i found this some nice apps for that and then i go for a run usually i go for a run maybe every two days and but yeah and something interesting i, I started to do in my routine is like I, I i sleep with my phone on the on the desk so i don't have my phone next to me and i don't switch i just switch my phone on right when I'm at the door. So right before going out, you know, if something comes up and I need to take something back from my place, then maybe it's, it's easier if you are at the doorstep, but 
I don't use my phone in the morning. I'm, I'm technology off. And that works a lot. Uh, I mean, it's easier, it's easier to fall asleep. And when you wake up, you're not, you know, inside the digital world. You know, you don't have notifications and Facebook and checking everything. You just, you know, take care of yourself for 30 minutes until you're out. And then, you know, you're, you're back online. I like it. I, I do something very similar. Um, there is a technology-free zone for me. Uh, at least my phone goes into airplane mode while I sleep. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the same for me. But like now, it's I, I've been doing that, especially for like maybe less, uh, you know, less things going around the the room and you know no Wi-Fi and stuff. But mm -hmm. yeah, actually, it helped me a lot to not use the phone at all. When I go to bed, there's nothing around. If you wake up in the at night, you don't switch your phone. You have, I have, I bought an alarm clock. Nice. You know, very not digital, but it works. Wonderful. I mean, maybe that is that is part of the journey for for some of us as we're becoming increasingly more digital and more connected is to deliberately, consciously taking it off. Right. I like that. Well, tell us more about your startup. So, what are you what are you working towards? What's the product that you you want to share with the world, and how much you can share? Yeah, I mean, there's no secret. So I think, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you more about my, 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 what I think is my mission first, because that's a lot related of whatever I've been doing in the last years and especially this startup now. I think it's, the, um, it's like the, the, the result of this. So um, I've always been using technology and like working in technology to make like, to use technology to free people or like to create value by freeing people's time or, um, so I think that, you know, humans are, are great and they can create a lot of value, uh, but we lose a lot of time and energy in things that, they, that don't create value at all. Like, uh, I don't know what kind of example I can give to you, but like when you write a book, for example, when you're writing a, a, a poem, it's not like, and, and, you, and you finish it, like you, you created a lot of value and you're also really satisfied, but it wasn't like the physical thing you were doing. It wasn't the right thing. It was everything that was happening in your mind, the fact that you could come up to that solution. And, but most of the time you spent on writing. And I think that a lot of people and like, especially companies, they spend a lot of time like doing tasks that they don't create value just in order to get the result. Well, the, the effort they put on the things that are really high value uh, is just a little bit. So, uh, you know, especially also the world is going in this direction, like technology is doing a lot of stuff. It's giving us the chance to have way more free time or it takes care about a lot of things that, that can be automatic. So we're technically as, as people, we don't create much value in it if they can be done by machines. And, but what I think, what I'm trying to do is something that like it's, it's always been helping people finding the right technology to, that helps them doing whatever they do so they can focus on where they create value and when they get rewards also, because then what, what you feel better at the end. So what I'm doing right now is um, uh, it's a tool that allows you to send comments to online apps, to all the apps you use. And so straight from your desktop. So you don't have to open the browser, go to Gmail, click on send a new email and just 
type it. You just start with the typing the email. You know, you just say Gmail send email and you can start the typing straight away. Or like you can ask Asana to assign a task. You can ask QuickBooks to raise an invoice. And so you save a lot of time because you don't go through the whole process that doesn't create value of opening the application and going to the right window. But I think the really interesting thing in this, and like my, my vision is that at the end, you can have really complex tools to work for you and do whatever you want without having any idea on how they work. Mm -hmm. So maybe like uh, an invoicing software may be really complicated to use, but you will just ask him, you know, I need to raise an invoice and he will raise the invoice. It will ask you all the inputs in it, but then it raises the invoice. So the idea is that me as a person, I need to know what I have to do. I need to know which tool can help me with that. But then I, it just has to help me. I don't need to know how it works. I just ask whatever I need to be done, whatever it needs to be done, and it will be done. So the idea is that the end, technology is getting more and more complex, complex, complicated, and there is no way that we can actually master everything. There is no way we, we can know exactly how everything works. So with this, you don't need to. You just need to know what you want them to do. That sounds super interesting. So it would be a voice command to any of your apps. And would you, would you use the voice command all the way through or is it simply to open it? So especially at the beginning, it's not going to be voice commands uh, because um, there is still too many issues with like voice recognition and language processing. So what we will do is I will ask you to type really easy commands. So you type, for example, Gmail. You see the list of commands of things that Gmail can do for you. You say send email and Gmail will ask you for specifically three fields that it needs in order to perform the action, like subject, text, and you know, address. The, the thing is, um, right now there, are, there is Siri, there is Google now. Uh, it's more focused on the consumer side actually than the business, but uh, you won't trust it for something really important because it's still, it's still really hard for, for it to understand when you finish one sentence and you start with a new one. And, and also the idea is, especially business-wise, you need to be 100% sure that whatever you ask a tool to do, it would be performed the right way. Absolutely. So I will ask you to input information, like specifically, specific information, like in different fields. So you know that the command is, is correct. And so at the beginning, it's not going to be voice commands, but that's, I mean, I already know how to make it like really reliable with voice commands, but it's going to happen maybe in a year or so. Super interesting. I can't wait to uh, experience and explore more about that. What's the name of the company going to be? Akido. Akido. Yeah. Nice. Well, um, sounds good. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll link it in, in the show notes. Is there a website up uh, and running? Yeah, yeah, there's a website like you can people can subscribe. Like, is that Akito.com? Akito.io. Akito.io. But right now we're in beta testing, so people can access the beta actually. Sounds like a very needed next step in order to stay on top of my, uh, my tasks and to do's. I, I totally hear you. I use obviously Gmail, um, Asana, and so forth. And there's a lot of time that it eats to open to create a task to make the next thing happen and um, synchronizing that might be of huge value. Interesting. Nunchi, let me, let me ask you another question. Um, 
So maybe more a question uh, for you to dream. If you had $13.7 billion tomorrow, so I'll repeat that, $13.7 billion, just out of uh, curiosity, what would you do with it? I would build this. I mean, I can skip the, the funding and all that stuff, but yeah, I would totally build this. And so that maybe, maybe that's, that's also maybe a lot of money that I won't need at the beginning. So I can save some for uh, probably other stuff. And, but well, yeah, I will, I will. You would need for Aikido. Um, overall, like in the next five years, it's going to be a lot of millions, like hundreds and hundreds of millions uh, to get to the, you know, to reach a, a very good market uh, share. But the, yeah, that's not going to be 30 billions, of course. So probably I would, you know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still, I'm, I'm not thinking about uh, yet about, you know, things like, like, I don't know, donations and stuff, because I, I'm, I'm more a guy like, of like, I can build something that helps. So maybe I, if I have that much money, I will also like maybe start a fund, like a VC fund for startups with a social impact. That's a thing that is really needed. And uh, especially in, in a lot of countries, like startups can, can actually change the, the country, like from, can make, they can make it great. And so probably I do that too. It's really cool and, and a great segue because Nuncio, you and I know each other from a group called the Global Shapers. And we just recently met in Geneva at the World Economic Forum. And it, it's all about social impact. It, tell me a little bit more. What do, you, what do you feel like is possible in the realm of social impact and being committed to making the world a better place? Well, I think that, you know, the, the Global Shapers, the, the annual curator meeting we, we've been through, at, it was it was really interesting because I, I realized that uh, maybe the idea of a social impact I had it was related to like a few places I've been to and I've, I've lived in like Italy and maybe a bit India but I've, I've been a guest in India you know while in Italy the the, the 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 social needs and like whatever issues we had were like very typical of the of Italy and the European situation so I don't think there is one answer for that that it's you know that would be valid worldwide but what i notice is that most of the issues right now it's like in europe it's a matter of education and like and culture and education in terms that like there are like some big issues in the world that right now are uh well known by everybody because it's on the news we have internet everybody has access to information and so all these issues right now they came to the you know to the big public which is clearly not ready to understand those situations and it's reacting uh, in a you know like probably it's i don't know the, the english term but like it's kind of a gut feeling it's like a, a, you know a, that this kind of reaction and and it's it's normal if you don't know if you never study of nobody ever taught you about why we should behave in a certain way and why like some solutions that were found in the past and that maybe they are there, maybe they are in our uh, constitution, they actually make sense. Uh, for example, why we should welcome, you know, uh, refugees and why we should give them money, you know. Sounds strange for somebody that didn't have like education on the fact that 
you know, you don't want to keep people poor in your country. So giving them money at the beginning, it's not a bad thing. But, you know, it requires, it requires some education or, or like some critical thinking that it's, it wasn't like probably the, the main goal of, of education in our countries, for example. And so that's, that's one problem. So probably raising uh, awareness by education, like teaching people and making people understand what kind of world are we living in and how to address those issues probably would be a big solution in, in the first world countries. While second world countries have, or like third world countries specifically have, have other issues and like way, let's say, basic kind of issues, like they need food and water and, and for those problems, I think, uh, I think that for those problems, the solution is, is both like working in, into those countries, like having, like using technology, empowering people, having people understand, like educating people over there, but also making the rest of the world understand the fact that it's not another country at the end. We're on the same planet and we're the same kind of, you know, we're human beings and problems that are like in anywhere in the world that should be considered problems of us all. So I think that this would help. Very beautiful. I, um, I resonate with you there uh, very much. There's, there's a shared humanity that, that is experiencing those problems, no matter of which country or nation. Um, and I hear you say that education is, is really the, the key and education. We, we often think of, of, um, of young people when we think education. How do, you, how do you reckon education would look in a more aware society? Is it just something you do when you're 10 to 15 or is it something that happens your whole life? I think that like the, the world is changing so fast and, and, and another good reason why we, we should really start to, to develop like a worldwide critical thinking and awareness on this is the fact that in a, in a while I think we won't really we won't really need to work. We will have a lot of spare time. And like, so education will happen our whole life. We will have a lot of time to, to get educated. And also like the, the way the world is changing right now, the, like the speed it's changing at, it requires us to keep getting education, to keep learning. So it's not just about the young kids, but I, I mean, young kids, are, are the future anyway so that's you know it's it has been said a lot but it's, it's true so it's true nevertheless uh, isn't it i mean um yeah exactly there's 50 percent of the world is younger than 27 that's it's very real you know exactly if you work on them you know in 20 years most of the population will will probably be educated like the proper way or like the way we we start and work through towards so um so yeah, I don't. I don't think it's just about the, the, the young people. It's it's about everybody. We, I mean, the for example, like the work, uh, the working environment right now requires people to keep themselves updated. It wasn't like 50 years ago or 20 years ago. Now we need to, you know, to keep learning, keep being updated on things. And some jobs are disappearing. Other jobs are, are like are, are are raising and it's getting bigger and but we so we need to keep changing keep learning so that's and that's a requirement but i'm not just talking about you know i think that we also need to understand that we need to there is still a lot to learn and a lot to do 
even on things that are not related to work, like, for example, yeah, like culturally and like or these matters and understanding the fact that, you know, why the world is like this, what we can do to change it, the fact that we're, you know, the planet wasn't built for us and we should respect that. And, you know, we should consider that at the end, some animals way bigger than us disappeared. So, you know, there are a lot of things that I think that probably like the most of the, of the, education around the world like in countries like the, the, those systems were not targeting these matters and i i may agree with that because at the end uh, the problem 50 years ago was educating people to be doctors and to be lawyers and like to be able to do some some top class jobs you know because we needed that right now i think the world has grown enough like especially in first world countries where we should start to focus also on these matters because the way we grew, the, the, the way like our countries, they grew so fast, uh, it wasn't sustainable mm. because nobody thought people that it should, it should have been sustainable because it wasn't their priority at that time. Now it is. Now I think we have time. We have more time. We, have, we, have, we also came to an understanding of things that is way higher than 50 years ago science went up like when went really fast and like you know also this the, the digital revolution like it made things so much faster it gave us access to a lot of data uh it connected all of us we have so many informations right now i think we're in the right moment to start to also care about the other kind of education right we almost have too much information to be able to understood be able to understood by one human brain yeah. it's happening so fast right Nuncio, let me let me ask you um, for all the global shapers listening. What what's something that that comes to mind that you want to share with that community? Something that came to my mind after the after the meeting we had it was that it was great how we were all working on the same matters, like even in countries that were very different, and all around the world. And we are already connected as a as a community, but we I I, I feel like we should connect way more, like. There are some solutions that can just pop up in my mind that can be really useful for somebody else in the world, as well as, you know, the other way around. I think that starting like being like really compact and using the network we have, uh, it can be like really good for finding new solutions for, for the problems, for our local problems. Uh, and I, I really think that like education right now should be driven by technology. We have so many technology in the education field, so many startups, so many things, and so many ideas that are out there that can be used. So maybe maybe I'm saying that because I'm in this field, but I think that you know <laughs> uh, that that would be that would be the first step I'll take. And but also at the end, as as young people, we can do everything by our own. So I think that making like older people, like people who right now have the power in the country or like they can, they, they, they are decision makers to understand what, what we think and like our vision and the world we see and how we would like it to be, make them understand it. It will give us like allies that can actually do way more than we can do by ourselves. So this isn't a generational war, you know, this isn't something like that. We, we can't, 
change the world by just ignoring like all the other 50% of the world. We need to work with, it, with them. It's not going to be easy because we are aware of these problems. We are aware of the kind of world we want. Uh, we should make them understand that our vision is not like a childish vision or something that doesn't relate to them as well. And so, Very powerful. I think, I think I see that too, that the generations are actually coming together and it's, it's our responsibility to share our moonshots, our visions, our dreams for humanity, for the planet, for technology, for education. Um, and we get to shape that quite literally. Um, well, Nuntu, let me ask you that question. And, and as you know, it's my favorite question on the podcast, very much to do with your vision for the world. Um, what, do you, what do you feel, how do you think 200 years from now, planet Earth could look like? Like, what's your most utopian vision that's inside of you? Yeah, so uh, I know there are like two possibilities. And of course, I, I prefer one of them. But like the world will take specifically, we don't, we don't have many, many um, options. So the world may be a world that is going to be 100% automatic, where like as people, we won't be part of the economical equation anymore. So where like value, there, there would be like economic value would be uh, and, and, and products and things would be performed by machines. And, and it's going to be a world where like humans are just going to, you know, take advantage of it. They will have a lot of spare time. They will, they will actually, they will find a way to dedicate their time to create another sort of values. It's not going to be economical values, but it's going to be maybe, I don't know, art or things that are better for us as humans. And, and this is like, and I think we're going that way. And, but the other risk is that, I don't know how to say that like in a very polite way, but the, the, some, some directions we're taking right now are not really positive and we're destroying the planet. And, or even worse, like we will keep trying to maintain the status quo and the way the way the economical system works right now, the economic system works right now, and which is by having people like as customers and like make producing value, which means that we won't be able to shift the moment like we won't be useful anymore and we won't be creating value in this system anymore, then we'll be useless and we won't have money, we won't be able to purchase things, we're gonna, you know, starve or you know wars and riots and all this kind of stuff so but luckily i'm i'm really you know there are like great minds in the world and big corporations and a lot of people that they they saw the, the right direction and they're working towards that and so you're, you're optimistic that the first vision that you shared is possible i think in the next 10 years we will we, maybe 20 but probably 10 we need to work a lot on this, especially because uh, the, you know, the, the little things we need to do to get there is, are like, are things that like a lot of people would find very hard to understand and go in that direction. I'll give you an example, like, and it's the, like the basic salary, the basic income. Everybody on like, most of the people would be against that. They would be like, why should I pay people not to work? 
without realizing the fact that they, the 99.9% are gonna be in the same situation in the next 10 years. So, but if you make them understand it before, then we can start the change, the process of changing and be there in 10 years with the right solution. Mm. Otherwise it will just eat us very badly. Right now, like jobs are like, there are so many cuts in jobs, like it's, uh, they're, they're getting lower and lower. And you know, it's already happening. It's, it's not like it's, it's something- It's a very good example because it really requires us to have foresight to understand that there is an emerging future, a future of machine learning, a future of automation, future of biotechnology. And as you said, not, not to be thrown off by it in 10 years, but to plan for it now would, would make so much sense, right? Um, exactly. So there is a lot of things that people need to understand. Like it's, this is one example, but there are so many others. And, you know, green energy, it's, it's not just because we, we, you know, we love the planet. It's also because, you know, you need, uh, we, we will need way more power in the future if we want the world to be like this. And we may, pre you know, prefer to have green power. Otherwise, there are going to be some parts of the world that are just going to be destroyed and, or even worse, our, our part of the world. So Absolutely. Uh, super, super yeah, interesting. Thank you for sharing that. And I, I want to check in with you and, and do something, something really fun and switch, switch the language. I know you're an Italian native. Forgive me, I've only lived in Italy for about six months. But let's. Uh, I remember let's, your Italian was pretty good. Uh, let's see. Let's let's give this a try. Um, allora, io ho tre altre domande per te. Um, e la prima domanda sarà: Tu come cittadino globale, come vedi l'Italia nel mondo? Hmm, questa <laughs> è una domanda molto molto pericolosa da fare in italiano in questo momento. Allora, in questo momento l'Italia mi dà, diciamo, è, è un po', dà un po' fastidio. Nel senso che sappiamo, fra l'altro studiamo parecchio la storia del mio paese, la studiamo bene e sappiamo benissimo che ruolo abbiamo avuto nella storia eh, moderna. Eh, o comunque negli ultimi duemila anni l'Italia è stata un punto fondamentale, un centro culturale molto importante e, e non lo è non lo è più, lo sta, diventando, sta diventando un paese con moltissimi problemi che non dovrebbero esserci e appunto anche un po' un, un decadimento culturale nel, e, e anche di valori forse nel, che, che, è, che trovo molto fastidioso. Lo notiamo in questo momento per questioni come appunto i rifugiati, eh, c'è stato un grosso dibattito per i matrimoni omosessuali in Italia, dove c'è stato un... Una, una protesta di milioni di persone a Roma contro i matrimoni omosessuali. Cioè, in questo momento l'Italia non si sta dimostrando di essere più quel, quel, quel centro di importanza culturale che era in passato e questa cosa è molto fastidiosa. E in più, lato, da un punto di vista economico, ci stiamo avvicinando pericolosamente a, a, a un paese che avrà molta poca rilevanza internazionale. Eh, per cui... In questo momento l'Italia deve darsi una svegliata e sono, sono sicuro che si può fare e in realtà conosco un sacco di ragazzi che stanno lavorando e stanno lavorando sodo per fare in modo che questo succeda e non sono, non sono sicuramente scettico rispetto al mio paese ma ehm, sono sicuro che dobbiamo un attimo 
avere un attimo un cambio di direzione, fare un cambio di direzione abbastanza importante e renderci conto che insomma il mondo è cambiato, eh, le persone si spostano nel mondo, eh, non, è, non è una cosa negativa, è una cosa positiva, possiamo accogliere delle persone così come possiamo permettere ai nostri ragazzi di andare via, vedere il mondo e offrirgli però, e diventare attrattivi, offrirgli però un'alternativa in Italia e rendere l'Italia un paese dove poi vogliono tornare. Siamo un paese che fortunatamente ha, ha, ha troppe... è molto ricco, siamo ricchissimi e siamo ricchi anche di brand. Made in Italy è un brand ed è forse uno dei brand più potenti al mondo. Abbiamo un, 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 una nazione bellissima, un sacco di storia, un sacco di cultura. Abbiamo Venezia, abbiamo Roma, abbiamo Firenze, abbiamo un sacco di bei posti, abbiamo, abbiamo la Sicilia, la Sardegna. Quindi... È un paese che può essere molto attrattivo e dobbiamo soltanto darci una svegliata e sfruttarlo meglio. Molto bene. Um, th thank you for that. Um, we did talk about education in the beginning. So, very interesting to, to see values and um, all that. E altra domanda in italiano. Um, che cosa è la felicità per te? Che cos'è la felicità per me? Sì, la felicità. È una domanda interessante, è una domanda molto interessante e fammi pensare. Cos'è la felicità per me? Non lo so, penso che la, la felicità per me è nel momento in cui, in cui mi rendo conto che quello che sto facendo è una cosa che è esattamente quello che voglio fare, cioè sto andando nella, nel, in una direzione che, che ho deciso di intraprendere e... Eh, e quando so che lo sto facendo nel modo migliore possibile. Nel, nel momento in cui so che sto dando il, il meglio di me stesso su qualcosa e che è esattamente quello che voglio in quel momento, io sono felice. Wow. Allora, che significano body, mind and spirit? Corpo, mente e spirito per te? Sono parole tan, come buzzwords, no? Nella società mondiale. Sì. Allora, sono, io sono un, un pelo ateo, per cui forse la parte dello spirito faccio, faccio, farei fatica a spiegartela. Però diciamo, body and mind eh, è una delle cose che ti ho detto all'inizio, su cui ho ragionato molto quest'anno, appunto per trovare anche un, un, buon, un buon equilibrio fra appunto il, il mio corpo e, e la mia mente. E, Forse, forse spirito lo possiamo considerare più la mente che è relativa al eh, forse more subconscious eh, kind of mind e, ma ovviamente come dire mi sono accorto che sì, prendendosi in Italia anzi in latino si dice mens sana in corpore sano il che vuol dire che se il corpo, una mente sana può essere sana soltanto in un corpo che sta bene, per cui anche per questo ho, ho reiniziato a prendermi particolarmente cura del, del mio corpo, perlomeno in termini sportivi. E, per la mente è un'altra cosa su cui invece ha, ha assolutamente senso lavorare, perché, eh, o, o, o sullo spirito, come lo volete definire, eh, nel senso che ovviamente prendersi tempo per stare bene con se stessi, col proprio corpo da un lato, ma anche con, con la propria psiche e, e quindi non so, che sia meditazione, che sia leggersi un buon libro, che sia spaccare, andare a fare altro, è una cosa che fa stare molto meglio la mente e di conseguenza una mente che sta bene 
in un corpo che sta bene, ma generalmente anche una mente che sta bene, è molto più produttiva, è in grado di affrontare i problemi in maniera diversa, non vede appunto, sta meglio. E quindi questo forse è un po' quello che penso. Adesso non so bene, non, non ci ho mai pensato così tanto, soprattutto sul body, mind and spirit, ma credo che se uno prende, si prende molto cura del suo aspetto personale della mente e del suo corpo, poi anche tutto, tutto il resto ne viene influenzato in maniera, in maniera incredibile, la parte relazionale, la parte di, di lavoro. Per me, io lavoro moltissimo, cioè la startup vuol dire anche lavorare un sacco, però mi accorgo che la mia produttività cambia drasticamente nel momento in cui io comincio a prendermi cura anche della, del, della mente e del corpo. Magnifico. Ecco, grazie Nunzio, thank you so much, that was great. Um, I, I really appreciate having you in Italian in there. And um, yeah, thank you for being on Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast. Man, thanks again for inviting me. I've, I've been following you and it's an honor to me. on facebook it's green planet blue planet podcast um, be part of the facebook group and uh, make sure to subscribe to the podcast on itunes mm-hmm.